Hey there, industry, and welcome back to episode six of DevCon Growth Bites, your source for expert advice and key strategies to grow your business one bite at a time. I'm your host, Maggie Bennett, and I am joined today by Robert Turner, CEO of R. Turner Solutions, and we are talking about effective color teams, everybody's favorite topic. But we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the stages, the whys, the what fors, and how to do it better. Uh, first, let me say a quick thank you to our client of the day for providing the following feedback. Quote, this afternoon I received an email stating our company had been awarded GSA Stars 3 GWAC. This is huge for us and allows us to carry our work from Stars 2 to 3. I can't thank you and your team enough for making this happen. Looking forward to yet more future wins. End quote. That was SR, the principal of his company. And sir, we are extremely excited for you. Glad to have supported you. And we also look forward to yet more future wins. For the listener, if you would like to leave us a review on any of our favorite podcast platforms or on any of our social medias um, about this podcast, about a way that we have served your company, we would love to shout out your company. Um, on a future episode, as well as give a mug to the next five reviewers. Uh, We've got some beautiful hand-thrown, hand-painted, custom-designed, you know, a solid mug that you can actually wrap your whole hand around. It's pretty excellent. Uh, Pretty colors, all the things. But enough of that. Let's get into it. Robert, founder and president of Artender Solutions. You've been providing business development support to GovCon firms for the last 10 years. Greetings. Welcome back. Thanks, Maggie. Glad to be here. Glad to have you as always. So let's get right into this. Where did the even like the general idea of color teams come from in the first place? Well, that's good. You know, um, I I don't claim to have done any exhaustive research on the topic. But historian, I am not a historian. But I think that we all give uh, credit to Shipley and Associates, Steve Shipley, um, who did some great work um, many, many years ago. Uh, in building out the um, Shipley process for business development uh, for the government. And, you know, I don't know, 96, 97 steps, I think he he outlined, uh, and a very detailed, very effective process that um, it, that industry firms, large and small, adapt to their own purposes, yes, right? Play around. And, and color teams are the he, – he, he assigned colors – to the basic review sessions that you do throughout the process. All right. So what would, what would those colors be? Uh, well, I, again, I don't know what all of them are, but the ones we usually talk about, black, blue, green, pink, red, gold, and white. There you go. Which, uh, which would you say you land on the most often in your work? Well, if you're talking about building a proposal, everybody talks about pink team and red team reviews. If you're reviewing pricing, that's a green team review. Ooh, greens and dollars. How about that? Excellent. Uh, if if you're doing uh, if you're if you're doing a competitive review, then of course you're talking about a black hat review, and then a solution session is usually put under the heading of blue. Right. Um, your final, final review uh, is gold team after everything is packaged up. Yeah. Uh, and then a white glove review is usually done in hard copy, page by page, um, you know, to, to just check, you know, to just dust it off and yeah. 
you know, kind of smooth out all the edges. Uh, you know, various, I have worked with a lot of different firms and it's always good to double check, uh, various companies re, you know, they'll recolor things, rename them, have their own little methodology. But I think what I just outlined is pretty, pretty standard, pretty good place to start from. Well, given how extensive, uh, Steve's development of this color team process was, I wish we had time to go into every single stage of them, um, but in the in the small bite that we're going for today, why don't we key in on you know the most popular pink and red, and then I feel like I don't really hear a lot about blue teams. Um, so why don't we actually start there? Why don't we talk about uh, you know what what is a blue team, and are we missing out when we skip it? Right. So uh, one of the primary I talk about blue teams a lot. Uh, with my clients, uh, when we're onboarding new consultants, uh, when we're helping customers uh, deconstruct uh, what may have gone wrong. Uh, Blue team, not doing a blue team, I think is one of the largest contributors to um, proposals that are not as good as they could be, proposals that lose, eek, uh, or, or just a broken process, right? So what is a blue team? A blue team is your solution session. So for every proposal that you're writing to the government, the government is asking for something. Uh, Sometimes it's as simple as I want four of these and five of these types of people, and I want them to start on this date, and uh, they need to have this resume. Okay, so it's just an easy staffing uh, problem. Uh, Sometimes they're asking for a technical solution to their requirements, uh, sometimes um, it, it gets more complex than that, right? But usually for every proposal that you're writing, there's some kind of solution that you're building. Uh, even if you don't think about the service you're providing as a solution, it is a solution. Uh, what too many clients and vendors and business development teams uh, miss out on is they skip the blue team. They go right from uh, an outline of the RFP, and they try to go right to pink team as quickly as possible and just start writing. Just give the annotated outline to your technical people and have them go right because we do all this and we know how to do this and we've done this before and just make the assumption that everybody knows what to do. And I think it's that assumption uh, that gets us into trouble. Right. Absolutely. I think that's a, a risky thing to do in, in any stage is to make any assumptions that uh, that everyone's on the same page that you know what you're going for right and it and it's kind of it's kind of supported by this assumption that every agency is looking at these problems the same way sure. well every agency is different and every office is different and sometimes every RFP is a little bit different and you've had turnover in your team recently and their process at their previous establishment was different that's right yeah. that's right so it, it's always good to uh, to take time out, even if it's only for an hour or two. You know, the the, the one thing about uh, following a good process will do for you is that it is that it keeps your it keeps your project on track, and it, it's one more um, it, it, it it's it's one more help in your quality of delivering a great proposal, right? I always say that. Proposals and uh, business development projects fail for one of two reasons. One, you don't follow a good process. Or two, you under-resource them. Sure. Well, what we're talking about is a component of the process, right? So just because it's a just because it's there doesn't mean it needs to take all day or yeah. two days. Yeah. 
you know, if, if you're under a compressed timeline, if you're dealing with a short, with a smaller proposal, something that's maybe not as complex, don't make the assumption that I don't need to do something. Just do it faster. Sure. So one thing that can make a blue team more effective is not not skipping it, but also another effective key is to to not drag it out, you know, to be... Yeah, don't make it out to be more than don't make it out to be more than it needs to be, but do take the time to get your capture lead, your uh, technical leads, your uh, management leads, your pricing guys, get people together to talk about what are the issues in this company and how do we need to structure our solution in order to win. Uh, and have that discussion before you get into the writing of the proposal. And there's lots of great resources uh, to help you do that. Excellent. Speaking of getting into the writing of the proposal, I know in, in my experiences as a writer, I have occasionally sort of jumped the gun and uh, just word vomited all over the page, which I feel like may not be the best product to take into a pink team review. I can see you shaking your head over here. So what at what stage should the pink team review happen? Hopefully right. not post word vomit. That's right. Well, so so pink team is usually your first is, is thought of. You know, and it's pink, right? So it's a light color. It's not supposed to be too deep. It's not supposed to be too full. It's your first kind of gentle draft of your proposal, right? But one of the mistakes that I've seen way too many uh, clients uh, and, and proposal teams make is they rush to get 50% of your content full, get the pages full on pink too. Mm-hmm almost working from the assumption that if if I get my pink if I get a lot of content to pink team then I must have done a great job right, right? like the more pages I've written by pink team hey look how far ahead I am aren't I doing a great job right well it, so that kind of breaks the process that Shipley really laid out for us and I think one of the, while we're not always writing a proposal for joint strike fighter you know uh it's good to follow the process. So what does the process say? The process says that pink team should be a good, solid outline review. Take your proposal and outline it, but don't just put the headings in there. Uh, Drive down to the paragraph level, to the subheading level, uh, but don't write those sections, outline them. Talk about what you're going to say, what components of, your capability are you bringing to bear? How are you going to use your ISO standards? What corporate experience are you going to quote? How are you going to talk about your what team? Sort of evaluation factors are in this part. How are you going to link in all the, you know, the statement of work and the instruction and the evaluation factor? What, what are you going to say within your proposal? But do that at an outline level so that when you get to pink team, your reviewer can see the structure of your proposal, and then you can go through a critical review to say, are we saying the right thing? And you don't need um, you don't need fifteen hundred words to come to that conclusion. You need you do need that outline so that you're not encumbered by all of the components of English language that make up a paragraph. And, you know, you also haven't uh, taken the time to do that writing. You, you, you're still operating at a strategic conceptual level uh, so that you can frame up your proposal properly. Then when you do the review, uh, your reviewers are able to ask critical hard questions about the solution you're offering and how you're presenting it to your customer uh, in a way that you really can't do at, you know, when you've, when you've filled the page with words. Yep. 
if I'm so bogged down with vocabulary choices and punctuation choices and does this narrative make sense, it's less about the the strategy of the of the product you're delivering and of the solution that you're outlining. And it's more about uh, just getting just getting so many pages covered. Yeah. And I think during during your preparation for pink teams or during that pink team creation process that comes before the review, uh, another good thing to give yourself time for is to create your conceptual information graphics. Uh, graphics too often are created after the fact rather than before the fact. Mm. So if you look at your out, if you look at the outline of your section, you can say to yourself, uh, "What am I trying to say, and how do I say that in an infographic?" Yeah. Then build the infographic and write to the graphic. Yeah rather than writing and building your graphic around your writing. Yeah. To build your graphic around your writing is the backwards way to do it. Yeah. Build your graphic to describe the key components of your solution and what you want to communicate to your customer, and then let your writing come out of the graphic. But to do that, you have to do all these things at the right time. Absolutely. Sounds much more strategic. And again, sort of echoing the blue team theory is that uh, you, know, you don't have to you don't have to drag it out. Don't make it more than it is. But also make it a strategic effective choice. You can choice. do all these things in an hour or two. Uh, you can, you know, do them in 45 minutes if you've got a really small proposal, but it's important to do them. And it's important to do the right steps at the right time so that you, you know, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't pour the foundation for your house after you've already put the walls up. Indeed. Same kind of concept. Absolutely. And with those smaller proposals, the more we practice that effective blue team, pink team, then when those honking ones come around, it is a more streamlined process. We're a more effective team. And so other than, rather than just having a single step that we're really good at the whole process. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I think, you know, it, it, just like you don't, you know, you don't want to send your, you don't want to send your client a lousy proposal. You know, it's, oh, it's almost tips over here. Own tips. It's almost like dating, right? You don't want to <laughs> take, you don't want to take your girlfriend out to a, you know, to some dive and, you know, so she comes away with the wrong impression of you. You would never do that. So why would you send your customer a lousy third rate, you know, kind of, kind of unraveled proposal? You would never want to do that. Right. So in the same way that you don't want to send your customer a bad proposal, you want to take, you want every proposal to be a good training uh, opportunity for your team so that your team and everybody on your team works through the process, does it right. And then at some point, all that becomes muscle memory and your organization uh, reacts and, and does things in the, in a winning way, because that's the way we've always done it. Sounds like that could also be a really great way to help improve company culture and get your team really cohesive. Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing like um, a a federal government proposal to test the maturity of your organization. Uh, because so many things come out, uh, we, we, it's, it's human nature to be proud of our work, but in, uh, federal government proposals, uh, you need to, you need to distance yourself from what you've created and you need to, uh, devoid yourself of, um, um, uh, of this attachment to, uh, the quality of what I've written. And you need to be able to look at it objectively. Don't, don't, don't don't fall victim to pride of authorship. Let somebody critique you. Do good work, but then hold it up for review. Well, that's that's a hard thing to do, right? Like people don't do that naturally um, because you know we, it, it's human nature to take all that stuff personally. Well, but you can't do that. You have to give it your best, and then you have to say, 
in the given period of time that I have with the resources that I was provided and how much time I had and how much uh, energy I had, this is the best thing I could create. So, so do your best and then let somebody critique it. So then the, so then the, the, the reviewer then has a, has a responsibility to not make it personal, but then the author needs to have enough self-confidence that they don't take it too personally. And then we can all work together in a constructive manner uh, with an end goal in mind of creating a great product, not by trying to win political points. If if the proposal turns into just a, a political mud throwing contest, then you know that doesn't that doesn't help anybody either. So all this uh, this whole thing really often has a, uh, a a tendency to push on the maturity of an organization, um, and yeah, so it's something to look at. Absolutely. What sort of things do we need to look forward to as we approach a red team review? I don't feel like that's a place we want a lot of surprises happening. Right. So red team should be your final draft review. Red team should be a good, solid product. And if you have looked at your competition before the RFP came out, if you have done a good solution session in your blue team, if you've uh, worked an effective process through pink team review and uh, you've been uh, you've been working hard and well together as a team. By the time you get to red team, it shouldn't be a surprise. You should have a good solid draft that's almost ready to submit. Um, but without doing all the things that come before it and without working well together as a team and without having a good, well-structured process, red team's just another opportunity to to turn into a food fight and bang on your proposal or to, you know, yeah, I know it's red team, but we've got a hole over. Well, so you're really not ready for it, right? Well, so now your process is kind of broken. You're just kind of doing it. Uh, like, why are you doing just it, throw right? Throw a label on it, just to throw a label on it. That's right. It's just put, a oh, exactly. It's not really a red team. Yeah. So, you know, red team should be there to uh, force the entire team uh, to get their final drafts in and everything should be tied together. And you're looking at red team. At red team, you're not looking for big rocks. You're looking for small things. You're, you, you've already validated and created a winning solution. You already know how you're going to support it with your corporate experience. And now you're looking at the, at the more granular levels, section by section, uh, which is what you should be doing toward the end. Uh, the issues that you address toward the end get smaller and smaller. They're still important, uh, but they build on the fact and they're supported by the fact that you've already put the right building blocks in place. Absolutely. Those building blocks are going to be key. And I think that it also sounds like there's there's a, a level of, of just a just adult communication of expectations and just knowing what, what to expect of each other, what to expect of your team, what to expect of yourself. And when you come to that red team review, if everybody knows what the expectations are, uh, then it'll be, it'll be a much clearer uh, uh, process, much more, again, effective color team as, as we were talking about. And I think that ties back into the pink team. Like when you have that outline, it's really strong. Everyone knows what's supposed to be there. They know what their, their role is. So the, they seem to build into each other. The pink team, Set, really supports the, the red team. That's absolutely true, right? Every 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 step in the process builds upon the success that you've done in the previous step. Uh, and when you when you rush over things, when you forget things, you're leaving holes. You're 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 creating risk where uh, really you you shouldn't have to create that risk if you if you follow the process and you make the process work for you. Then by the time you get to the end. 
you know, life is good. Yeah. It's awesome. It sounds like a, a little bit of an ideal situation for, or for folks who have a lot of experience, like in that maturity in their organization you were talking about earlier. So what would you advise to a team that, that is asking those hard questions is looking at their team. They're like, okay, this, this has promise we're getting there, but we're not as effective as I would like to be this for this specific effort, this specific proposal mm-hmm. is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of confidence in the maturity of my team at this specific stage in our development. So what would you say to them if they're, they're working in that place? Right. So if you're at that place and you've got, I mean, that's a, th- those are great opportunities to bring in third parties, bring in consultants, uh, bring in folks who have experience with those kinds of deals. Um, and, and you could, B, I mean, one of the great things about hiring consulting and, you know, not to do a shameless plug for our own services, but, uh, you know, you can hire a consultant for a specific scope of work. A consultant could really help you validate your outline and your approach, your schedule, and who's on your team and who's doing what. If you've got a question about that, hire a consultant, come in, do a review, look at what you've got, and then give you some... Give you some critical objective feedback. Um, another really good use of consultants and third parties is in your uh, a- as members of your color team uh, review panel, because they're not they 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 usually don't have a vested interest in your company, meaning that they're not they're not politically related to the specific outcomes or the specific agendas of anybody there uh, particularly, they can then, they can, they can call, uh, they can point out where something's really well done. But at the same time, if you've got an ugly baby sitting in the corner, they can tell you the baby's ugly because that's what they're hired to do. You know, they're, they're, they're not hired to show up at family dinner, having called the baby ugly. That's right. They can, they, they can, they can, they can tell you where you've fallen down and, 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 you know, dragged mud all over the carpet. Right. And they don't have to overlook it like, oh, I can't talk about that because that'll make somebody mad. Well, they're hired to talk about that stuff. And it's really that ability. Color team reviews are more effective when when everybody is committed to uh, respectful dialogue, but also constructive criticism and being critical uh, because you don't you want to submit the best product possible. You can only submit the best product possible when you have people who are critically looking at what you're creating and pushing the team uh, to do its best. Excellent. That's really helpful. I appreciate that. For those who maybe were were tuning in and hoping to hear a little bit more about the black hat or the green team or the white glove, uh, where can the listener find you, get in touch, ask some more questions about us? Yeah. So reach out to us. Uh, rturner.net is our website. Robert at rturner.net is my email. Uh, I actually have an entire um, briefing uh, recorded as a training session. It's up on our e-commerce store uh, called Effective Color Team Reviews. Uh, that's available uh, for folks. And as always, we're happy to answer questions or uh, have further conversations where we can help anyone with these ideas. Excellent. Thank you. And I, and I happen to know that your your phone number is also on that website as well at rturner.net. Uh, you're also available via LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Maggie Bennett, and we have a company page there as well as a company page on Twitter if you want to follow along. That's right. We're, do- episodes. we're doing our best to be as available doing as Doing all the things. We want to be available. We want to make some noise. We want to provide you guys with some little uh, growth bites to get you through. Um, if you want to leave us feedback on any of those uh, aforementioned platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, your favorite podcast platform, again, we'd love to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode and send a mug to the first five reviewers on a given platform. 
any other any other last minute? Uh... It's been good, Maggie. Thanks for your time today. Love it. Let's uh, call it a day and get back to work. Have a great one. Thank you for your time.